Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Good Friday is one of those days that seems to have kind of this oxymoron kind of statement. How can Good Friday, the attention to Jesus' suffering, be good? And the reality is simply this, is that good is when someone else really does the work for us. Someone does the work that has to be done so that you and I can experience uh, life, so we can experience joy, so we can be guilt-free, so we can have all these benefits that come with a life in relationship with Jesus. Tonight I want to take you down a path of emotion. Maybe it'll be emotion for you. For me, see I'm already crying because my sin was so deep. I don't know. I had a hard time understanding that Jesus could really forgive me of my sin. But once I started reading the Bible and I understood the sacrifice he made, I learned he's the only one that could make that, that, make that happen, do that work that it took to redeem my life. And so tonight I just want to take you uh, to, to a place where Jesus was and maybe get in the shoes if you can of, of any of the characters that were there. Maybe you're a mom and you understand that the mom, Mary, the mother of Jesus, followed Jesus down these paths of suffering and saw everything she was going. Maybe you're a, a dad and you're just realizing that, you, you know, that, that, that was somebody's son. For sure it's God's son. Maybe your sister, brother, no matter what, whatever relationship you need to fit your shoes into, your feet into those shoes, just take a moment and let's recognize who Jesus is. 750, 750 years before Christ came to this planet, there was a prophecy, a prophecy by a prophet named Isaiah. And Isaiah said this, he said in Isaiah 53, he said, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the, the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. In other words, Jesus became one of the sinners, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. That was a prophecy 750 years before Jesus ever got to the planet. And tonight, I just want to take you through a few little steps of what Jesus experienced as he began to walk that path of suffering. Remember, this is the suffering he did for you and for me. This is the suffering that he did so that you and I could have our sins forgiven. So that every mistake we made, everything that distanced us from God could be forgiven so that we could be brought back together. So let's take the first look at Jesus' prayer. This prayer is found in Luke 22, verses 39 through 46, and I'll read 
some of it for you. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond him, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. But listen to this next statement. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Drops of blood falling to the ground. It was a medical term for something, some, uh, some stress that he was experiencing. And as he experienced this unbelievable stress, this recognizing of the fact that he was going to give his life, that he was going to suffer, he began to shed blood. As I turn this piece of steel and it begins to crush the grapes inside, this is the suffering that Jesus was going through. This is the suffering that had to take place. There had to be shed blood so that you and I could have the forgiveness of sin. He bled in the garden. He bled as he prayed. He bled and was experiencing this stress, this strain. And out of his capillaries, out of his pores came blood. That was Jesus' prayer. Jesus' face in Mark 14, 61 through 65, says, Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, Jesus said. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds. Jesus was bold. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? Then he, they said... They all condemned him as worthy of death. Some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists and in the face and said, prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. And again, Jesus' body was pressed. And Jesus was shedding his blood for you and for me. And that blood poured out. Jesus was hit in the face and and. And, and tortured and, and beaten. Jesus was then sent to the post. In Matthew 27, it says this, What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah, Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Isn't it crazy that just a week before, they were all saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Why? What crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. But when Pilate saw what, that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I'm innocent of this man's blood, he said. It's your responsibility. Little did he know that the blood that Jesus was shedding was the blood that can forgive him of his sin. It's your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us. And on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. This flogging was one unbelievable experience. 
Most, most theologians and most scientists believe that this is the, where Jesus may have shed the most blood from his body. When there was a, rip that, a, a, a whip that had bone and glass and everything kind of glued into it and stuck into it. And they would swing this whip and it would rip around his body. And when it fully engaged with those uh, pieces of glass and everything, they would pull it fast so that it would tear the body. And he was strung tightly onto a post. And on that post, he would bleed and bleed and bleed. It was there that he suffered and he suffered and he suffered for you and for me and the sin that we committed, the sins that we have done in our lives. He was bleeding for those moments. He was bleeding for you and for me to experience the joy of forgiveness. It was from there that he went and a crown was placed upon his head. It wasn't a king's crown. It was a mockery. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. I don't know about you, but he's prayed drops of blood. He's been beaten. He's been scourged and that blood is coming out of his face and out of his back and out of every part of his body, it seems. And here they just make one more mockery of Jesus by putting a crown of thorns on his head. It's one thing to make a man suffer, but it's another to mock him and to mock the very king of kings and lord of lords. What a generous God we have that he would put his life in that place to give us hope and to die for our sins and to bleed. Not only that, but from there, he would then go to the, the cross. And on that cross, he would be laid down and there are many different ways of thought that this happened, but we do know that when he was nailed to the cross, that they would put nails through the bottom of his wrist. And they would put it through his feet. And there would be this, this clanging. I can, I can imagine that the people walking around, the people watching and seeing, just heard this bang, bang, bang continuing to squeeze the blood out of Jesus, that blood that would cleanse us from our sins, that blood that would make us righteous, that blood that would take away every mistake we've ever made and allow us the privilege of spending time with our God. Allow us the privilege of spending time in the presence of the Almighty because we are clean, because an innocent man gave his life, his blood, as he was nailed on a cross. The last bleeding Jesus would do is after he died. After he looked into the eyes of the people on, on the ground and he would say, forgive them for they know not what they do, he would die. And then it was time to take him down and the, the Roman soldiers were told to go and there were three people up there. There were two criminals and Jesus in the middle and they, the criminals were still alive. But Jesus had died. 
So they chose not to break the legs of uh, Jesus. He'd already died. But what they did do is they, when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water, the evidence that he had died. One last time, out of Jesus' lifeless body, he would pour out the life that you and I need to have our sins forgiven. What a loving God. What a God who cares. What a God who would do everything for you and for me to make the relationship right. We couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. We couldn't bring righteousness into our lives. We try, we try, and even now we try to do all the right things, but only Jesus' blood. Only Jesus' blood can make it right. Only Jesus, the flow of his blood, can bring life into our lives, can bring hope into our lives. I'm going to gather some of this juice and realize that this is only a symbol, a small symbol of everything that Jesus is to us. We've talked about Jesus' prayer where he bled drops of blood because of the stress and the strain of knowing what he was going to do for you and for me. The beating and the, the scourging and the, the mockery of the, the crown of thorns and the nailing of his hands and the piercing of his side. All, all for the sake of our forgiveness. These symbols today are amazing. Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He became what we should have been. He became the curse for us. He became the curse that, that we were and are without him. With him, we're righteous. With him, we're whole. With him, we're right before God. And I want to encourage you today. If you don't already have a relationship with Jesus, just understand he loves you so much that he would go through all of this again if necessary. But it's not necessary. He's done it once. And in three days in, on Sunday, we're going to celebrate the best thing that could ever happen after his death is his resurrection. But right now, you need to understand that God loves you, that he forgave you of your sin, and he's done all the work that needs to be done. The only thing we have to do is accept him by faith. And by faith meaning we got to put our hope in him, put our trust in him, and realize that Jesus did actually die for our sins and did make a way so that you and I can have a relationship with God. He became a curse for us so we can be righteous. I hope and pray that as we've squeezed these grapes that are symbolic of Jesus' body and Jesus' life and the flow of the grape juice, that you would realize that today you can have life and life abundantly. If you're already someone who has put their faith in Jesus, then praise God for that. You have a hope today. And hopefully Good Friday is a remembrance, a time, a moment that you can hold on to and realize that Jesus has made all the difference for you and for those sitting around you. I pray today that God would just open your heart and realize this beautiful gift we've been given. 
this beautiful gift of cleansing all of our lives. If you're watching and you don't have a personal walk with God, can I pray with you right now? Can I just ask you to pray this simple prayer? Jesus, thank you for forgiving us of our sin and for doing all the work that it took to make us right with you. And I pray right now that you would come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. And I, I, I believe that you died for me and I confess my sin and I accept your forgiveness. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. That on the first Easter you came to life and now I have hope for eternal life. I ask you to save me right now and I, I, I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I pray God's blessing on your life. And I right now would just love to take communion with you. If you were able to gather some crackers and some juice, these are two symbols that represent everything we just shared. The bread is the broken body and the cup is the juice or the blood that Jesus shed for us, for you and for me. Let's just take a moment and ask God to bless these symbols before Ron continues to lead us in worship. God, thank you so much for this, this bread. I can't imagine the suffering that you felt and that you went through, but thank you. And I thank you for this cup that is a, a symbol of your blood that cleanses us, that makes us whole. And I pray that you would just bless these two symbols and help us to never forget your sacrifice on the cross. Will you take the bread with me? Thank you, Jesus, for your broken body. And take the cup. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for that blood that was shed so that we could have the forgiveness of our sins. I pray God bless you. I pray that you'll join us this Sunday. And I just thank you so much for celebrating what Jesus did on the cross tonight with us. God bless you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.